Welcome to Voices of Esalen. I'm Sam Stern. Today, my guest is Janet Stone, yoga and meditation teacher. Janet and I spoke together on March 23rd, 2020, amidst the coronavirus outbreak that is currently dominating the news and changing most of our lives. Our conversation, of course, occurred remotely across the internet as part of what is the new normal in these days. And my intention in speaking with Janet was to give her space to offer some actionable advice, some tips on how to be calmer and more grounded in the face of the unknown. I hope that you benefit from the wisdom that she offers. And I know that I speak for all of the Esalen Institute when I say, please be safe and take care of yourself. Janet Stone, thank you so much for joining us today for a special Voices of Esalen podcast. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. My intention for speaking with you this morning was to give you the space to offer some words of healing, some words of calm, some really just some dharma amidst this this situation that I think has been very anxiety producing for a lot of people. Yes, that is true. And thank you so much for reaching out and also just ways in which we can all um, create and find community amidst the the sense of isolation in the midst of our own fears, anxieties, and all that comes up in a moment like this of so much incredible uncertainty. And this is where um, I feel like a life of practice or the teachings that have been around for thousands of years really come into play. You know, it's, it's the reason uh, during the good times, let's just say, that we do all of these practices, that we show up and we sit on a cushion. Like, otherwise, what are we doing there? You know, <laughs> that we show up and we do, you know, depending on what <laughs> what that form of practice looks like, right? So whether you're, you know, in meditation, whether it's um, psychotherapy, uh, whether it's psychedelics, whether it's yoga asana, you know, which happens to be, you know, the yogic tradition happens to be where I dwell and have given a lot of my time and attention but it's for these moments because uncertainty is going to happen. Things are going to happen. Life is going to happen. Fears are going to arise and life is just going to be life. And that means that our expectations will be interrupted, disrupted and not met. And so the eight limbs of yoga, <laughs> the yoga asana or the qigong or tai chi that one participates in in all of the other days is really to hold a strength of root during times like this you know uh i'm curious about your personal journey through the this whole process what has it been like for you uh, where are you now uh and what have the last couple of weeks been like uh for you as a person and as a, a teacher Mm, yeah, well, to personalize it, right, to really bring it back into not the high-minded teaching, but the reality of having two kids who, you know, have a lot of excitement and expectations and eighth grade graduations and school trips and other school trips and um, internships in London and all of that being canceled and to watch um, their disappointment and a lot of shifts happen in their world um, for me to be in such a... Um, live, interacted, 
connected community to suddenly contract into the individual, the self, the, the, the container of, of a home. I'm supposed to be in Australia right now on my way to Bali and then Amsterdam. And, you know, the list of canceled is, is long. And yet, in that contraction, I have been so grateful to sort of go back to what I said a moment ago, to the work that I've done, to feel the foundation, to feel my feet on the ground, to get out into nature and look at the bigger view of, oh, right, yes, life happens, death happens, things come, things go, expectations are set in play, and then we must release them. So yeah, on a, on a legit level, we're trying to pivot how we make a living. I have employees I want to keep paying. I, I have a really a global sangha, a global community I want to keep in service to, uh, to be that voice of spaciousness. So I have to do this for myself as well, right? I have to allow the space to have the fears well up and the anxiety and the, and the grief around all the letting go. Your thoughts around people who are just feeling this anxiety that they that they can't quell, like they're restricted to the house, as so many people uh, across the United States and the and the world are. What would you advise them to do? Because I know that you're studied in the not only the art of yoga but also in in meditation. What are what's some practical <laughs> advice for people uh, to to sort of calm the the inner anxiety? Yeah, you know, one of the big parts of, of practice is really ritualizing life, if that makes sense. So in this time, creating rituals of your, your daily living. I create an arc for my day. I create uh, the beginning of my day. I begin with what uh, in Ayurvedic medicine, which is really the yoga of the body, uh, they call dinacharya not to be complicated, but it's daily ritual. And it really touches into the five senses. So you get a moment to, you know, splash cold water on your face and, and your eyes to clear out the, the viewfinder, essentially, of how you'll look inward and how you'll look outward at your day. If you want some, if you want me to go through the practical tips, I can go through those. I, I think it would be really helpful to get some of the specifics for, for people because I, I feel like a lot of us are just sort of like swimming and and not knowing what to do. Yeah, so you know, just in this morning ritual, it sort of sets out the the platform of your day, you know, and so you touch into those places how we experience the world through our senses again. So the cold water and the face and the eyes. Um, not to make it complicated, but you can do neti pot, which is that um, solution, hot water, warm water poured through the nasal passages. And if not that, if you don't have that whole thing set up, just putting a little bit of oil up inside the nostrils, coconut or um, raw sesame, not toasted sesame, by the way. <laughs> and then also at the portal of the ears, just at the entrance of the ears that you touch into your skin. You can either do a dry brush or if that's too 
dramatic and complicated, then you just do uh, Abhyanga. You put that same oil on your skin and actually just feel your whole skin. This is a way of presencing, a way of going, oh, I'm here. Because anxiety and fear are so much about not being on board with what is and being off into some potential very scary future or off into some harmful past or some trauma in the past or some moment in the past that we can't really do anything about. So, so many of these ways in the morning of touching in or throughout the day, touching into our senses, rubbing the whole body, connecting. Oh, I'm here. Okay. Oh yeah. These are my legs. Here's, (laughs) here's this part of me. So from that, we also do tongue scraping. If you don't have the fancy tongue scraper, you just use the edge of a spoon is fine. You tongue out and you scrape, rinse, scrape, rinse, scrape, rinse. Because in the portals of the mouth, and in particular when viruses are going around, we're hearing a lot of information about this that the yogis knew long ago, is that we hold these contagions in our nasal passages in our mouth. So you scrape the mouth, you clear the nostrils daily. And so as you tap into these things, and then we add warm lemon water, we make sure that we have our morning constitution, you know, clear out the body. Then if you want to just, however it is you want to ritualize, create a pattern and a rhythm for your day. Give yourself focal points, intentions, or purpose for each day. And some who are with you know, kids, that will really include a lot of different activities for them. Some who are alone, some are with a partner. Maybe you do, you know, include in 35 minutes of partner work, meaning that you have either guided or supported back and forth. There's so many fun things that you can find online for that, whether it's individual work, whether it's 10 minutes, 20 minutes a day of just at 2.20, I'm going to sit down and read a Dharma book ritualizing, creating a rhythm with at least one or two points of clear purpose, not chasing uh, social media, <laughs> you know, not sort of tapping in in that ma- that manic way, but yeah. Janet, that's so good to get some actionable tips. Ritual is, is absolutely the way to go during this time because we're suddenly, we've been granted all this time at home. I mean, maybe there's there's been a desire in, in many people who are listening that they, they could have more time at home where they they spend 40 to 50 hours a week away from their their place of rest. And, and now they are at home and it can be intimidating. So I really appreciate this sort of um, idea of structure that you're introducing to us. And I, I'm wondering, what about the, the physical body? So w- what's something that um, people, whether they have yoga experience or or not so much could do for themselves during this time? Well, so many different pathways. I know I, for myself, again, have the the tradition of, of yoga. So it's just in my body and I do morning form and morning practices. And, you know, that holds me. I have a ton of stuff online. So many people do these days, but on my platform, Janet Stone Yoga, ton of practices from beginners, from more restorative, from more vigorous, but do something to feel embodied, to really connect into all the points of the body. So again, you might be interested in Qigong. Like you said, suddenly you have this moment, this time, there's so many different ways to go about it, but schedule in 
time to really get in your body, especially with this anxiety, especially with the fear, to be in motion and movement connected to the form in the body gets us out of the head, right? So if you're sweating or moving or having to focus on what the muscles are doing, it's very hard to be in your anxiety spin, right? The frontal lobe drama loop, which just right now is at full force. I was wondering if you've ever gone through anything like this uh, in your life, and obviously not a not a global pandemic. None of us have 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 gone through that, apart from some people who might have been around in 1917 or 1918. But I was wondering if there's anything that you could think of, like a time in your life when you had this feeling of great anxiety, and if there was, if you could describe the the, the tack that you took to work through it. Well, yes. So thank you for that question. And also, you know, it's, that's a vast answer. I, I, I have had a life that has included a lot of death from a very young age where right in front of me and then all the way up to, you know, my dad passing at 45 and, and, and during the journey before he passed of all that, that uncertainty. So if we're going to kind of rest in that uncertainty place, right? The, the absolute not knowing of what, how, where, which way is this going to go? How's it going to go? How do we all fare? How does he fare? How does this all happen? And I feel like it's been, it's actually been one of my most potent teachers, not one I would choose, but one that came to me anyway. It taught me the greatest teachings of yoga, which is Parinamavada, and that is life is in constant change. Nothing is guaranteed. Nothing is stable. Nothing stays the same. We spend the majority of our life trying to sort of buy things, get things, have things, secure a love, secure, you know, a kids or secure our space or, you know, and toilet paper uh, and secure it just to be like, okay, so now, now here we are. Okay, now this is it. <laughs> I've, okay, okay, now it's going to be like this and I'm here. And it's not that way. That is not li- that is some other thing that I don't even know if it exists. <laughs> but impermanence is just the name of the game. Yeah, I suffered. Yeah, I did it incredibly messily. And but I felt. I think my my greatest teaching in that is to feel and go toward the feelings of anxiety and and share. For me, it worked to share with either family or community and externalize what was happening in my internal world. And at other times they had to sit inside and just percolate and steep. And I had to feel them until they were ready to fully just have their emotive moment. I think it just is, is one of the teachings that I heard that is so potent for this moment and for really all of life's moments is that they asked the oldest man alive, what was his secret? What was his secret to happiness? What was his secret to long life? His response was, when it rains, I let it. When it rains, I let it. Life, it's going to rain. 
<laughs> and my suffering, dukkha, my dukkha, which is the, the Buddhist principle also in yoga, is not accepting life as life is. So we suffer because we want it to be different. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. So, thank you so much for that, for that piece of wisdom. That's really useful for me. I, I was wondering if you might be able to recommend any, any books, any wisdom teachings that are either currently helpful for you or might be something that you've gleaned wisdom from uh, across the time that you've, that you've been studying that, that other people could benefit from. When Things Fall Apart, Pema Chodron, kind of a perfect book for this moment. So anyone who wants to just pick that up and have that be their, their pocket Bible right now. She talks about the power of just being nailed to the moment. You know, this, there's nowhere else to go. The anxiety, the tension of potential, I might not have toilet paper, I don't have any hand sand. You know, you're just here. How do we presence ourselves? And so that is very helpful. Could you just speak about what is working for you during this time? If you could offer your, your wisdom and, and noticing like during this last week, what have you done that has made you feel a little bit better during this time of shelter in place or during this time of the complete unknown? What is working? What is working is truly trying to expand my viewpoint out is trying to open the view, the aperture, to just see a wider view. And one of the ways I go about that is getting out in nature. I have a you know, beautiful tree-filled mountain right next to me. Because in the billions of years of evolution of this planet rests all the wisdom that I actually have in every one of my cells. Touching the earth, touching nature, remembering. I'm also already imbued with everything that I think I don't have. Now, how often do I remember that? <laughs> Even if it's a split second, um, it's, it's a win, you know? breath spending a lot of time really consciously it doesn't have to be fancy pranayamas which is just really the movement of life force in the body on the breath it doesn't have to be fancy it's just paying close attention and lengthening my exhales right now we're in a pandemic that affects our lungs the lungs this is what's really decimating so much of what's going on in human life right now is the lungs and giving particular attention to squeeze out, ring out, because in the lungs we hold grief. In that extra moment of exhale, that lengthening, that spaciousness, to sit in the empty place. Then that sweet acknowledgement, oh, I get another breath and I really get to feel it flow in. Almost because I emptied out completely, there's like a flow or a wash of, it doesn't even have to be as obvious as gratitude, but maybe contentment with the fact that I get a new breath, if this is at all helpful. Yeah, I love that. That's, that's incredibly helpful. One thing I've really come to appreciate about you in the, the time that I've known you is this 
ability that you have to connect with other people and to to share kind of a your compassionate heart with them it's it's to me it's one of the most um, obvious characteristics about you and one of your one of your superpowers as a teacher I was wondering if you had the chance to um, to reflect or speak about connection during this time when we're apart from so many others how can we enhance our own compassion and connect with people in our lives who we care about but may not see mm, connection and community is really what I've been up to for decades and thank you for asking that in that yeah it is so imperative and crucial to we're pack animals <laughs> we are people who have created tribes since the beginning of time for survival for our survival right and so, you know, maybe during this time, people make lists of the people they've disconnected from or they've lost touch from and that they want to reconnect with. Maybe what I'm seeing is so many fun, creative ways people are meeting on Zoom and having not just like, oh, hey, let's talk. They have a specific, let's have tea, you know, and everyone makes their tea or let's have free movement time and we get to kind of watch each other or let's have tell jokes time or game night. and we talk about connection and we have such a, a chance for those of us who are privileged enough. I just want to preface that <laughs> to have this time, not be um, a time where, you know, we can actually take this space to really have inner communication. And if you have people in your home, maybe there's some amazing healing or awakening. I mean, just within the structure of myself and my two daughters, we've had, deeper drop-ins than we have in, in probably a couple of years. So if any of that is helpful, community and connection can really remain during this time. Yeah, it's really helpful. One, um, one thing that I'll offer too is that uh, my sister came up with this idea uh, around New Year's before any of this kind of went off of that she was going to write gratitude letters every month. She was not necessarily going to send them, but she was going to write a gratitude letter every month to somebody who'd helped her uh, along the way. And I was like, ah, I'll, you know what? I'm going to piggyback on that idea. I'm, I'm going to do that too. And so in end of January, I wrote one. End of February, I wrote one. It's something that I'm going to do during this shelter in place time. You know, these are, these are people I might not have talked to in 20 years. I, I wrote a letter to my assistant principal from junior high school <laughs> a little while ago. Wow. But, uh, yeah. But in, in any case, I wanted to ask you if you had uh, space and time to lead us in, in meditation or chant. I absolutely do. Um, one last thing I'll say before we go into that is really, you know, kind of what you were saying is that once we kind of organize ourselves during this time, right, one of the greatest gifts and one of the deepest teachings as well for me has been um, feed another, you know, it's been the quote of just, yeah, you want, you want to heal, feed another. And, and whether literally or figuratively, um, how can we, once we have our feet on the ground, right, once we've kind of found our, our calibration, how can we be of service, not giving over absolutely everything, but just are there ways? And this gets us out of often of our own anxiety. This can pull us out of our own small drama spin. Yeah. So just I wanted to offer that in before we we head into uh, a guided moment. Yeah. 
So as we begin, it's really going to be about this moment of grounding. So whomever gets this opportunity, this moment, coming seated, whether in a chair, on the floor, couch, in your bed, wherever you might be. Have you bring your left hand to what feels grounding to you? It might be, again, your chair, if you're on the floor, the wood planks, on your thigh, your knee. Spread the fingers out, almost like the roots reaching down into the earth, and take the right hand, palm facing in, onto your heart. And we close our eyes and all the outward looking, all the scrolling and media watching and view of external goes inward. As a deep exhale begins to empty out the lungs, the left fingers, as if they're going to bore down through the surface of the earth, the ground, the foundation, digging into the soil. Inhale, as if we can pull up from the soil the nutrients into the hand. Feel the weight of your body on the earth. Each exhale again, the left fingers as if they dig down deep the richness of earth, the wisdom of the ground. Again, those billions of years of evolution right at our fingertips. The wisdom coming up into the body as you inhale. As you exhale, and we again press through the left fingers as if we touch into our family, the ones we feel warm and loving about, the ones who challenged, maybe even harmed in whatever ways, just feeling into the family, the tree, the roots of our life. the ways in which they informed, the nutrients they added, the perspective, the view, good and bad. And then go deeper into the ancestors, those we've maybe never met, those who came before, those who came before, those who came before, and the line of all those who had to be, had to come and go before you arrived here. You can almost feel their joys and their celebrations and their unions and their suffering and their loss and the beauty of each one of them all flowing on this thread of life until we arrived here. The next inhale, feeling all of that energy up through the left fingers, the left palm, the left arm, the left shoulder, in and around the heart, almost like it swirls around the rib cage. Inhales getting big, vast, opening to the back, to the sides, to the front. And that deep exhale where the right hand, almost like it can go in below the sternum, deep into that tender heart of yours. 
feeling in for that open and close, expanding, contracting, listening for your internal heart rhythm. This rhythm that is unique to you, your body, this life, this particular moment, that is your individual, your individuation. So through the root of all of your ancestors, of all of your family, of all of the steps you've taken to be here at this exact moment, to that spark of the heart expanding, contracting, opening, closing, Letting all of the attention draw down into that great dance of open and close. Pull the left hand from the earth, from the ground, from whatever feel that connection downward up to prayer at the heart. The two hands meet. This gesture that has been offered throughout time of left and right, ground and sky, coming to meet through this body, sun and moon, feminine and masculine, inhale and exhale, all expressed in that expansion and contraction of the heart. That we meet ourselves here during this time, right here at the center, grounded, in our own life, grounded to this moment, this feeling of connectivity to our own self, our inner realm, our inner world. Thank you, Janet. That was so beautiful. Really appreciate you. I really appreciate your your message of wisdom during this time. Thank you. Yeah, it's a joy and an honor. And honestly, Esalen and my dozen year there and family there means so much to me. Those who have been, those we can hold throughout this time. It is uh, it is a, a global family as well. Thank you for listening to Voices of Esalen. Today's show is produced in conjunction with Cheryl Franzel, Lori Putnam, Shannon Hudson, and Greg Archer. Our theme music is by Nico Holloman, and our interstitial music is by Dawn Chorus. You can find all of our podcasts on your favorite podcast player, as well as at esalen.org, where you'll also find many other offerings to get you through this unprecedented time. The Esalen Institute is a nonprofit organization. 